0: I'd like to thank Aaron Kay for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirin. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnevis.substack.com. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt and this is the audio version of the two-page article I wrote and published on my Substack at rabbishneewice.substack.com on February 8th, 2024, and the article is entitled Mishpatim, Which Gerim Shouldn't We Oppress? Among the many mitzvot presented in Parsha's Mishpatim is, quote, Do not mistreat a ger and do not oppress him, because you were gerim in the land of Egypt. End quote from Shamos 2220. Until this week, I assumed that the word ger, literally sojourner in this pasuk, referred to a ger tzedek, literally a righteous sojourner or what we call a convert to Judaism. This is certainly the mainstream view. The Ramam identifies our pasuk as a source for two biblical prohibitions, verbal maltreatment of the ger and monetary maltreatment of the ger. He cites an example of this verbal abuse from Sifra. Quote, You shall not say to him, Yesterday you were an idolater, and now you have entered under the wings of the Divine Presence? Quote. Elsewhere in Bav Mitzia 59b, Chazal asks, for what reason did the Torah issue warnings in 36 places, and some say in 46 places, with regard to mistreating Agar? The answer, Mipnei Shesuro Ra, which Rashi on Horios 13a explains to mean that, quote, the Yitzhara of Agar is inclined to evil, end quote, from his upbringing. We are concerned that if a ger is mistreated, he may defect from Judaism and return to his former way of life. It is clear from these and other sources that Chazal held that the term ger in our Pasuk refers to a Jewish convert. Yet, there are a few commentators who understand the term ger in this context to extend beyond ger tzedek. Ibn Ezra writes, quote, The meaning of do not mistreat a ger is in reference to a ger toshav a non-Jew who formally accepts the seven mitzvot of B'nai Noach and resides in Israel, for he has no help from his family, end quote. Sadia Gaon in the Tafsir, renders the term ger as, quote, one who is not from the local population, end quote. Rabin Avram bin Ramam's view is a hybrid of the two. He explains as follows, quote, The word ger is derived from his gorurus in a foreign land, sojourning. Its principal meaning is a stranger vis-a-vis his dwelling, this term was later extended to a ger tzedek, who entered the religion, as in, when a sojourner sojourns among you and does a Pesach, because the common case of a ger is a stranger vis-a-vis his dwelling. The pshad, the straightforward meaning of the verse intended by ger here, is stranger vis-a-vis his dwelling, in accordance with the statement, for you were strangers in the, lands of, in the land of Egypt. However, the transmitters of the oral tradition explained this as a reference to a ger tzedek. It is possible that this refers to both meanings, a regular stranger and a ger tzedek. And Chazal explained that this refers to verbal harassment and monetary extortion. End quote. In other words, the pshat of the term ger is an outsider who enters a non-native land. From this usage was derived the secondary meaning, an outsider who enters Judaism, a non-native religion. Rabbeinu Avraham acknowledges that Chazal interpreted our pasuk in accordance with the second usage, but he nevertheless maintains that the message of the pasuk applies equally to the pshat, since it wouldn't make sense for the pasuk to say, for you were righteous converts in the land of Egypt. Rabbi Moshe Maimon, editor of the critical edition of Rubina Avraham's commentary, elaborates in a footnote on the implications of this approach. Quote, Rubina Avraham Ben-Raman follows his position that even the straightforward meaning of the pasuk has validity, and its prohibition is a real prohibition even though it was not enumerated among the negative commandments, and even if we are not liable for such an individual, like we would be liable for a prohibition that is, that is explained by the Kabbalah, the received tradition, and the Masorah, the transmission of the oral Torah. And since this is the case, Rabbi Avram takes the side of saying that even a mere stranger vis-a-vis his dwelling, no matter who he is, whether a Jew or a Toshav, is prohibited to be mistreated according to the implications of the Pasuk. End quote from Rabbi Maimon. Rabbeinu Avram's Pshat-driven interpretation of our Pasuk is reminiscent of the Rashbam's Pshat-oriented approach, which he spells out in his introduction to Parshas Mishpatim. Quote, "...let let all who love intelligence know and understand that I have not come to offer halakhic interpretations, even though they are the essence, as I explained in Breshis, that haggados, homiletical teachings, and halakhos can be derived from the superfluities of the scriptural text." Some of these can be found in the commentators of Rabbi Shlomo, a.k.a. Rashi, my mother's father. That's all. Rather, I have come to explain the pshat of scripture, and I will explain the laws and rules of the Torah in a manner that conforms to derech eretz, the natural way of the world. Nevertheless, the halachos are the essence. As our rabbi said, halacha uproots the pshat of scripture. End quote from the Rashban. The Rashban feels free to give quote-unquote, natural interpretations of the Pesukim, even when these run contrary to the Halakhic interpretations recorded in the oral tradition, so long as we recognize the primacy of the authoritative Halakhic readings of the text and do not allow our interpretations to uproot the Halakhic interpretation of scripture. In this instance, however, even the Rashbam interprets our Pasuk as referring to a convert rather than a non-Jewish stranger, as he explains in his commentary quote, do not mistreat a ger with words. The same is true for any Jew, but the Puzzle speaks of the common case. Since it is possible, one will mistreat the ger by bringing up the deeds of his ancestors or his own deeds from when he was still a Gentile, end quote. His reasons for rejecting Rabin Avram ben Aramam's reading of ger as stranger are not clear. Now that we have a basis for broadening the Torah's prohibition against mistreating gerim beyond the maltreatment of converts, we can appreciate the theme underscored by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, as that's all, throughout his writings. Rabbi Sachs writes that one of the major contributions made by Judaism to the world is, quote, this is from um, Building a Society of Freedom in the Jonathan Sachs Haggadah Collected Essays on Pesach, page 32, Let me start that sentence again. Rabbi Sachs writes that one of the major contributions made by Judaism to the world is, quote, concern for the rights and welfare of the stranger. The Mosaic books never tire of this theme. The rabbis pointed out that whereas the Torah in one place commands love of the neighbor, in no fewer than 36 places it urges love of the stranger. Do not oppress a stranger because you yourselves know how it feels to be a stranger. You were strangers in Egypt. Exodus 23, 9. For the ancient world generally, even for such as Plato and Aristotle, strangers were aliens beyond the radius of concern, unentitled to civil rights or citizenship. Few things would have been less intelligible to them than the principle that the community is to have the same rules for you and for the stranger living among you. You and the stranger should be one and the same before the Lord. Numbers fifteen sixteen. This is the second revolution of the book of, uh, sorry, this is the second revolution of the Exodus and part of Israel's moral struggle against tribalism and its modern successor, xenophobic nationalism. Strangers too have rights and make a legitimate claim on our humanity, for we are all strangers to someone else. This is something Israel is expected not merely to know abstractly, but to feel in the deepest recesses of its collective memory. You yourselves were strangers in Egypt. End quote from Rabbi Sachs. In the past, I regarded Rabbi Sachs' comments about the Torah's attitude towards strangers as largely his own extrapolation. I thought to myself, yes, the Torah values kindness, justice, and righteousness for all human beings, but don't tell me that the psukim about mistreating converts applies to any and all strangers. While it may be true that the Torah's regulation of our conduct towards converts helps combat tribalism and xenophobia, let's not pretend that the 36 places in the Torah that warn us about how we treat gerim are actually talking about our attitude towards all strangers— uh, now, after reading Rabino Avraham ben Aramam's commentary, I see that these psukim can indeed be read with a far broader scope and a more universal message. And I can't help but think that we are most in need of this message at the present time.